2: This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on End, the sports betting network.
4: What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to it. It is time for Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host. Back in the mix after a nice week off. Happy to be back here with you live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook with tons to cover on tonight's show. We've got Ryan Rothstein hopping on in 15 minutes. You know him, host of the Philadelphia City Cast. We'll talk about his Phillies tonight, big pitching matchup. For the Phillies against the Cardinals, we'll see who ends up winning that series. And we'll talk some more baseball with Ryan. Heck, we'll talk some summer league in the NBA with our guy Ryan Rothstein and his Philadelphia 76ers. See if he's gotten involved in summer league, how he's looking to bet it, etc. 30 minutes from now, Adam Burke, VEASAN's betting analyst, not only will be talking some baseball, We'll get his best bets there, but also a little bit of college football. Maybe a sneak peek early preview as to what Adam's got working up here at VEASAN in in terms of college football. So that'll be in 30 minutes with our guy Adam. End of the show, we're going to continue our NFL preview, really just looking at these future bets. We've been taking it division by division, team by team, typically about two at a time. And we're going to focus in on the NFC West. And we'll go with the two short shots to win the division Tonight on the show, that'll be in 45 minutes. So we've got the Rams and the 49ers. I'll tell you my thoughts with their odds to make the playoffs and their season win totals. But let's not forget, we've got plenty of baseball to discuss because we've got a baseball betting contest going on right now. The pentathlon is happening here at Beeson. We've got five baseball bets to make over the span of four days. All the show hosts are going to be contributing, myself included. I'll give you my bet momentarily. But if you haven't heard, here's the stipulations regarding around it. Each bet is worth the hypothetical $100, right? So you want to make the most at the end of this week. And Monday, the bet has to be a total bet. Could be full game. It could be first five. Tomorrow, it's going to be a favorite and an underdog play that all the show hosts and contributors have to make. Wednesday will be a run line bet. And then Thursday, we will conclude with a prop bet. And the winner will be announced on Follow the Money here on Vison Friday morning at 6 a.m. So again, today consists of a total bet. And it wasn't the deepest of slates on this Monday, but a couple intriguing options. Now, I do have two bets that I've made overall. One of them being for the competition that I am using as Danny's Dimes and then just another one on the side. And... The reason, and I guess I'll get to it a little bit later on when I'm going over that other game, why I used one versus the other, but I was already talking on the Chicago City Cast about this White Sox and Guardians game tonight. And when I always do my preview, I set my own personal line and then I compare it to where the odds actually opened. And I had a pretty sizable discrepancy with it to where I was like, yeah, I got to use this as my bet. So looking into this White Sox and Guardians game, Establishing the starting pitchers, we know that Lance Lynn is going to be taking the bump for the Southsiders. And Lance Lynn really has been rocky since he's gotten back in the mix himself, uh, since he came back from his injury. You know, oddly enough, the White Sox have won four out of five of his starts, but his numbers ain't pretty. He's one and one with a 533 ERA, a 133 whip, a 13.3% home run to fly ball ratio. A 58.6 left on base percentage, how he's doing that, I don't know. 72% is league average, so he's way below that, or way above that, I guess you could say in the bad way, but 383 Sierra kind of brings you back to getting some confidence in Lance Lynn, showing that, hey, his ERA at 533, not exactly the true recognition of where it should be, and his FIP 4.10, it's not great, but again, maybe not as worrisome as the ERA is leading you to believe. So as subpar as, as his numbers have been, we know that the White Sox have found a way to get the dub when he's been pitching. But more importantly, you kind of just know that Lance Lynn could be due for a great start. And maybe he gets the benefit of the doubt against the Guardians team that he's actually pitched fairly well against his entire career. And you're going into a pitcher-friendly ballpark at Progressive Field. Now again, it's not really great for hitters. The wind is blowing out and the total has moved in the direction of the over. But I did like this game going a little bit shorter because he got Cal Quantrill taking the bump for the Guardians and himself. You know, having an OK year, right? Not a guy you necessarily want to put a lot of stock into with a 3.86 ERA, a 4.56 FIP, and then a 4.87 Sierra. But then he's got a 2.80 Babbitt, 10% home run to fly ball ratio, and a 74% left on base percentage. And at home, he's pitching a lot better, naturally considering that hey, it's better for the pitchers at Progressive Field. He did have a tough last outing at Detroit, allowed eight hits and six runs. They lost 11-4. He pitched okay against the White Sox earlier this year, when six innings allowed nine hits, four earned runs. Again, nothing to ride home about, but it wasn't abysmal. But the good news for Quantrill, as much as he's been struggling, one, you get to pitch at home, and two, you get to pitch against a White Sox team that does not do too well against righties, as we know. This White Sox squad against righties have an OPS of 6.63, a BABIP of .296, a WOBA of 293, and a weighted runs created plus of 90. You want to be at 100 or above that mark. Well, the White Sox are 10 points below. As for Cleveland, you could go, well, maybe the Guardians are in a good spot, right? They've owned the White Sox this year. The White Sox aren't hitting righties too well. How is Cleveland doing against righties? The numbers are solid overall. But then when you look at the numbers at home specifically, because we keep talking about it, not the best ballpark for hitters, the numbers do decrease pretty significantly. But overall, they have been hitting righties better than the White Sox have. But what is going to be the turning point in this game? What difference can be made? Is it going to be the bullpens? Will you give the nod to the Guardians there? 382 bullpen ERA. That's actually gone the wrong direction because they started off pretty well. As for the White Sox, they've had their bullpen issues, but it has improved slightly. I still don't fully trust them. So I made this game in terms of the side of pick them. And right now you get the White Sox minus 114 and the Guardians minus 103. That's pretty much where it opened at, Bet Rivers. But like I said, the difference was in the total. And when I don't really know where to set a total, typically I put it at 8.5. And and I was contemplating that, and I'm like, no, you know, I actually have a little bit of conviction here. I'm going to make this total at eight. Despite the wind blowing out, despite these pitchers not being too trustworthy, I like this to be a shorter total because, well, Lance Lynn could be due to have a great start at any given night. Not that I'm just hoping or guessing for that, but also because he's done really well against the Guardians. The Guardians are not hitting righties particularly well at home or just as of late. They've really been struggling. And as for the White Sox, we know they're incredibly streaky and struggle against righties to almost a full extent. So I put it at eight. Bet Rivers and a lot of other books opened it at nine, and you've seen it shift up even up to nine and a half, which is where we do see it listed at Bet Rivers currently, with the under having some juice, minus 118. But when it comes to totals, I hate betting the full game under, right? If it's an under, I always look to do first fives, and you can bet that in this contest. So if you shopped around, you could get the first five at five, all right? And the best number in the state of Illinois was at minus 110. I don't want to trust a White Sox bullpen, and especially this Cleveland team whose bullpen has taken a hit, it appears. So I ended up playing for the contest as and an official play White Sox Guardians first five under five runs minus 110 market's going the other way and maybe I'll end up being wrong but truthfully I just don't trust these bats enough in these situations and both of these respective pitchers can do well enough to hopefully contain the damage limit it rather than keep it under five so that's going to be my contest pick and that will be my first official dime tonight White Sox Guardians first five under five runs at the price of minus 110. Now aside from the contest and that pick that I just dished out, I did have one other play that is, coincidentally, a total. And this is going to be out on the East Coast, uh, Tampa Bay taking on Boston. Now, these teams just played. Matt Weiser is going to be one of the, those unique starts where he goes for, what, one inning, maybe two innings. And then it looks like the Southpaw, Josh Fleming, is going to be hopping on after him. So maybe you get him in the second or third inning but we know that Fleming is uh, not really done too well especially against Boston in three starts overall four appearances but three starts he's one and two with a 9.68 ERA against the Red Sox in this season entirely he's got a 6.17 ERA a 4.26 FIP a 17.6 home run to fly ball ratio and a whip of 1.89 now his last outing was at Boston against the Red Sox and the Red Sox did get to him eight hits four runs allowed And the Rays did lose 4-0. So you know Boston should probably have some decent bats knowing they just saw him and could get out and attack him early once again. But Boston on the other side, they got Brian Bale taking the bump. Now this is going to be his second career start and he did debut against the Rays this past Wednesday, allowed four earned runs, six hits, and four innings pitched. And the Red Sox did fall victim in that game 7-1. So this was really intriguing in terms of the side. You did see some momentum go toward Tampa Bay, but I don't like that Fleming just saw this Red Sox team. So instead, I'm looking at this total thinking maybe the bats could come alive with the familiarity and just not being able to trust both of these pitchers who have struggling numbers. And the total we're seeing at 7 in the hook, pretty low, right? Right now at Bed Rivers, that's where it's at. And the juice to the overs, minus 112. The unders, minus 107. The Rays aren't the best team hitting righties. I could see that. I understand it. But you're going against a young, inexperienced pitcher in Baio, uh, Baio, Excuse me. And I get that the Rays, again, not great. 98 WRC plus, 675 OPS against righties. But maybe if there's a pitcher they could have success against, it would be this guy in this particular situation, just his second career start. And they already got out to him the last time they saw him. As for the Red Sox, well, majority of the game, we're assuming they're going to see a southpaw Fleming. And against lefties, Boston has a 785 OPS, a 325 Babbitt, a 341 WOBA, and a 119 WRC+. Great numbers from the Red Sox against lefties. So maybe you do look at the Red Sox for the side, but I'm more looking to capitalize on the short total of 7.5 in what could be a wonky game, hopefully features a lot of runs, I played over 7.5 at minus 120 earlier in the day, so you're getting a better number now, right, at this moment at bet, Rivers minus 112. But, hey, the Red Sox have gone over this total of 7.5 the last five games. The Rays have gone over it the last four out of five games. I get that that doesn't matter, but you have seen the offense come alive as a late for these teams. Let's hope it can happen once again. So my other dime tonight, over 7.5 runs for the Rays and the Red Sox. Not part of the pentathlon for that bet. And for another Danny's Dimes, we've got White Sox Guardians under five runs in the first five innings at the price of minus 110. Best of luck with whatever you play. Very excited for the other bets that we can make in this contest. Be sure you follow along at Decent Live on Twitter. Coming next, we're talking with our guy Ryan Rothstein, a little bit of baseball, some summer league, and maybe some football. Stay with us.
5: Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit Lisa.com slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash iHeart. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?
0: This is Rush Hour on V-Send, V the Sports
4: Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, remember that Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got these CityCasts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philly. Pittsburgh and Washington, D.C. So subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts available and you'll be set up with multiple episodes a week along with great local sports betting content righty, welcome back to it. The show is Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke, your host, broadcasting here in the Windy City. But we're going to take it out a little east. How about Philadelphia, where host of the Philadelphia City Cast is joining us here on the program? That being Ryan Rostein on Twitter. You can follow him at Wise Rye. and Ryan, my man in baseball tonight. The NL East has a uh, couple good games with fantastic pitching matchups. Let's begin to get your thoughts and your Phillies tonight. On the road at St. Louis against the Cardinals, been a heck of a series, lower scoring. Maybe that persists tonight with Michael is taking the bump against Nola. And man, Nola has been a stud up to this point. He's got the Phillies as the road favorite up to minus 132 total, a shorter one at seven in the hook, although a little bit of juice to the over minus buck 18 or so. Uh, how are we feeling about this game tonight, my man?
2: Phillies have been playing well against St. Louis here, Danny. Um, listen, the, the important thing for Philadelphia is they've already won the season series against St. Louis. So not that this game doesn't mean anything tonight. Phillies still need to get a win. This, this NL wild card race is, is no joke, but uh, Phillies are guaranteed to take the season series. So that could come back to benefit them. Obviously, later in the season, depending on how this wild card race shapes up. But to your point with Nola, Danny, he's been unbelievable, uh, and he has been the definition of a roller coaster uh, the past two or three seasons. <laughs> after a after a strong Cy Young, you know, uh, production wise, didn't win Cy Young, uh, but he had a really really strong year about three four years ago, and then he's been definition of inconsistent. But his last six starts, Danny, he's he's pitched seven innings or more. He's second in the National League in innings pitched with 111 and a third. He's third in the National League in strikeouts with 120. He's fourth in whip. I mean, this dude has been, has been lights out. I actually would have liked to see him make the all-star team, but uh, both him and Zach Wheeler get left out of the, uh, the all-star game festivities. But uh, nonetheless, all that matters for him is if he pitches well tonight, and he continues to do so into September. Uh, I like the Phillies here tonight. They won the first two games of this series. They lost a tough one on Sunday. Uh, A bang-bang play at the plate gets uh, called out, ends up getting overturned. Phillies end up losing that game by a run. It's been low-scoring. Phillies shut out the Cardinals, Danny, in the first two games of this series. Uh, So I like the under the total 7.5, but I'm actually looking to play Uh, the over for the Phillies team total. You could have gotten it at three and a half earlier, but now up to four and a half.
4: Interesting. All right. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the Phillies have had the Cardinals number. You got your ace on the mound right now. He's been pitching like it up to this point, maybe snubbed for the all-star game. And look, Michaelis has been very serviceable for the Cardinals. He's been a little bit more volatile, and the market seems to be moving toward your Phillies, so I can't disagree with your assessment there. And look, it seems like it could be a lower-scoring game, but if I have to put stock in one team's offense versus the other, yeah, it's probably got to be your Phillies. Now, Ryan, when you look at the Phillies in that wild, card spot. They're right there. And then the Cardinals are a game behind them. Then you got the Giants two games back. Marlins four games back. Then the list gets deeper, of course. But uh, there are a couple of games and a half back, I guess you could say, from the Padres two and a half back. And Atlanta's five and a half ahead of them. But as of this point, you know, we're getting close to the all-star break. How are you feeling about the Phillies overall? Is this kind of the spot you expected them in? Did you think they'd be doing a little bit better? And as at this point, where do you see their trajectory heading into the end of the year? Are we thinking playoffs?
2: It's a great question. It, it's something I talked about over the weekend on 94 uh, WIP here locally because it's where I expected them. Right. Like if you told me before the season started, hey, the Phillies would be uh, you know, on, on July eleventh, they'll they'll hold the new third and final playoff spot in the wild card. Uh, And they'll be, you know, maybe four to six games over 500. They're 46 and 40 right now. I would say, yeah, it it sounds like them. Sounds about right. Uh, But you look at what obviously transpired with the firing of Joe Girardi to kick off the month of June. They finished the month of May eight games under 500. uh, And they've been lights out since Rob Thompson has taken over as interim manager. So that's been impressive. Obviously, no Bryce Harper. He has a broken left thumb. Uh, and they've still won seven of their last ten games, all without Bryce Harper. That's been impressive. They're down two starting pitchers and Ranger Suarez and not Zach Eflin. So, like, there, there's still plenty of concerns and issues with this team. So, my long-winded answer here, you can't help but be excited here in Philadelphia as a Phillies fan, solely off of what they've done since June 1st but they still have a month to go here, give or take, without Bryce Harper. They're lacking depth in their starting rotation. They essentially are playing without a center fielder. That's a massive issue right now. Castellanos has been a no-call, no-show. You forget he's even wearing a Phillies uniform at times, despite Schwarber, on the other hand, who's been lights out with 28 home runs, leading the National League, and honestly catching up to Aaron Judge. So my point is, They've fought. They've found ways to get it done. They've started to win games that in the past couple of years they haven't been able to win. But this next four weeks has me a little bit concerned. I, I'm sort of waiting for the other shoe to drop uh, because what they've done over the last month uh, has been, I, I think, beyond impressive given all of the issues and, and injuries that they've had to deal with.
4: For sure, and I mean, it's an incredibly tough division when you got teams like the Mets and the Braves who have just been really cruising up to this point, especially New York. And, well, we're going to see those two teams battle it off tonight with a premier pitching matchup themselves with Max Freed. And then, obviously, you got Scherzer, it looks like, for the Mets tonight. So, Atlanta, minus 132 at home. Are we thinking that could be worth the player? You like the plus money with the Mets at 114. By the way, total's at 7 right
5: now.
2: Yeah, I, I like the uh, I like the Mets here, uh, surprisingly. And, and it's surprising because Atlanta's obviously been playing some great baseball. The Mets, they're still clinging on to first place in the NL East. They're a game and a half up of this Atlanta Braves team. So three-game series, game one tonight. This is obviously a huge series, and there's still plenty of baseball ahead of us, as we all know. But uh, a big one here tonight, excellent pitching matchup, like you mentioned, Danny. Uh, but Scherzer now is back in the fold, and his first start off the IL, it was like, did this dude even miss any time? Uh, you know, he, he went sixth inning, he had 11 strikeouts, and he's only 37 years young. So uh, it's just amazing what this what this guy's been able to do, and, and I'm, not, I'm not banking on him to do anything else. I think he's going to come out here, he's going to give this Mets team an excellent chance uh, to win this ball game. So uh, for that reason alone, I know Max Reed's been great as well, uh, but I'm, I'm banking on Scherzer and the Mets' offense to support Max enough uh, to figure out a way to get a win in, in a huge series in the NL East.
4: All right, Ryan, before we get you out of here, you know we got to squeeze in a little hoops before we let you go. The Sixers in the Summer League, maybe not the hottest start 0-2. You know that matters for the regular season. But in all seriousness, uh, what are we still expecting for the Sixers to maybe do with this team before the season begins? And have you been betting Summer League? I've
2: I've wanted to but I haven't fully dove in yet to betting the summer league and and you know in all seriousness for the 76ers I mean they have uh, Charles Bassey out there who can compete for possibly a a rotation spot Isaiah Joe a guard that could be competing to come off the bench for the 76ers Jaden Springer their first round draft pick last year so they have some talented guys just like every other uh, NBA team of course in this summer league but here locally there are, some, there are some names that fans are watching to see if they're able to play themselves into a, a spot off the bench and actually earn significant time. But I, I haven't really – I have bet a few overs, uh, and I talked about that on the City Cast uh, the first couple games of the summer league, uh, because there's not the, the best defense being played in the world. At, you can say that with the NBA a lot, but especially in this summer league right now, it's like AAU ball. ISO ball guys trying to show their, their skills and and their worth. Uh, So I think there is some opportunities depending on the game on the over. And as far as the 76ers and what they're going to do, I have no idea what they're going to do. What, what is Daryl Morey (laughs) going to be able to do here, right? Like Bradley Beals in DC now, Damian Lillard's in Portland. They're not going to be able to pull off a trade for Kyrie or KD uh, and this team right now, Harden news broke. He's coming back. He took a pay cut, $15 million less to bring on his buddy P.J. Tucker. There's still not a name out there that can move the needle and push this Sixers team from really good to a legit contender. So the verdict is still out.
4: Yeah, feeling the same way here as a Bulls fan, was hoping they could get uh, some shooters there. Dragic and Drummond don't really fit the bill in that category. So uh, at least he got Harden and Embiid still to look forward to. Not that there's too many bad things going here in Chicago with the Bulls, but you got a little bit higher expectations. And, right, hey, my man, we appreciate you making some time. I'll be pumped to get your thoughts when and if they make a big splash. But until then, take care, pal. Thanks, Danny. Have a good day. You got it. At WiseRide, where you can follow Ryan on Twitter. Coming up next, our guy Adam Burke hops on, talking all things baseball and some college football.
2: This is Rush Hour on VSN, the sports betting network.
4: Swing for the fences on BetRivers Online Sportsbook this week when you make a first-time deposit using code DERBY on the Baseball Home Run Derby. Signing up is super easy with the BetRivers Online Sportsbook app or if you just visit BetRivers.com. You can deposit $100 to receive a free BetRivers bet for any home run hit or deposit 250 bucks and get the total home runs for the entire derby as a free BetRivers bet. This offer is valid through July 11th, or from July 11th through July 18th, so make sure you download the BetRivers Online Sportsbook app today and use that code DERBY when you make a first-time deposit. Visit BetRivers.com to see all the latest odds, boosts, and promotions running this entire baseball season. Bet with a winner. Bet with BetRivers. Okay, speaking of baseball, we got to talk to our baseball expert here on Rush Hour, that being Adam Burke. And you could follow him along on Twitter at Skating Tripods. I know he's pumped for tonight and this week with the pentathlon. And uh, look, you know, I gave my total. We talked about the first five under with the White Sox and Guardians. Not a popular play among the other contenders in the competition. Some going the opposite way, but, hey, Adam's going in a different game, so we get a new perspective here. So, Adam, why don't you let the good people know what you were thinking for this Padres and Rockies game tonight for your competition pick?
6: Yeah, so I'm looking at the over in this one, and and I listed it in the article at over 12 at even money because that's where it was primarily across the market. But for the contest, because we only have to cite a line at one book, uh, DraftKings had over 11 and a half earlier on today. I still think over 12 at even money is, is a good bet in this Padres Rockies game. Anyway, look, sh- there's something going on with Sean Mania. You know, the stuff has not been nearly as explosive. Swing strike rate has been down in single digits his last three starts. He got absolutely blasted by the Mariners last time out. 13 of his 15 balls in play were hit at least 95 miles per hour. And when you have bad command and you're going into Coors Field, that's really not a good pairing. And on the other side here, you've got Jose Urania going for the Rockies. He hasn't pitched at Coors Field since 2017. He's only pitched there twice in his career, and he struggled at elevation in AAA before getting the call-up to Colorado. So I think that'll be an issue for him tonight. Padres' offense has been a little bit better against righties here of late. I just feel like runs are going to be scored tonight at Coors Field. That's usually the case. And, and with Manaya struggling, with the Rockies being the best lineup in baseball against left-handed pitching, especially at home, I think this is a good opportunity to look at a lot of runs to be scored here this evening.
4: Now, with that being said, would the plus 125 draw some interest for you for the Rockies as the home underdog? Or are you still just maybe not so sure you could trust Urania as you were kind of alluding to and just strictly looking at that total?
6: Yeah, I think Urania is such a wild card. I mean, look, he pitched well against the Dodgers last time out, worked around some hard contact. But pitching at Coors Field is just an altogether different animal. You know, the elevation, the ball doesn't do the things that you expect it to do. The pitches don't move as much. The outfield is very, very spacious there as well. So it's not even just the extra carry. It's just that there's a lot of ground to cover in the outfield. And I think that you know that Rockies defense will have some problems with that, especially with a pitch-to-contact guy like Urania.
4: Okay, Adam, well, this next game I know obviously isn't for the contest. This is just a play you're looking at just in general. And I had some interest in this game as well with the Red Sox and the Rays. I went with the total going over 7.5, but I think if I had to go with the side, I would look toward the same team that it seems like you're betting. Being the Boston Red Sox here, and they're a slight underdog, minus 105 at Bet Rivers. See the Rays, minus 110. And once again, by the way, everybody, if you listen to the first segment, total hasn't moved, still at 7.5. But Adam, if you could explain your position on why you like Boston in this spot.
6: Yeah. So I wish Raphael Devers would have come back. That would have been a nice thing because I'm sitting on kind of a bad number here from where the number was this morning to after the lineups came out and, and the number adjusts a little bit without Devers because money has gone towards the raise in that respect. But I think Brian Bayo is going to pitch better tonight. You know, you talk about a guy making his major league debut at Fenway Park. It's a very challenging thing to do. Very raucous and loud crowd there. You know, it's a small, uh, we'll call it an intimate setting in Boston with you know, such a small, old-timey ballpark. I just feel like for Bayo, you know, he kind of got caught up in a lot of things there. But with that being said, it was largely the walks that bothered him. He didn't allow a lot of hard contact, gave up some doubles, but you know, those actually came when he was ahead in the count, which is kind of surprising there. I expect him to pitch better tonight, and I like the offensive projection for Boston in this evening's game with Josh Fleming being the bulk reliever for Tampa Bay. Matt Whistler will start the game. He'll be the opener, pitching for the fourth time in six days, by the way. And then Josh Fleming will come in. Fleming has just had no command this season, not pitched particularly well. He's not doing a good job when men get on base. And that Maybe that's a mechanical issue for him. But I think Boston can score some runs here in this game tonight. And so you know, I think, look, if we're going to get a high-scoring game, as you anticipate, going over the total of seven and a half, to me that i think that helps boston because they have clearly the better offense especially now that the rays don't have wander franco who they are badly going to miss for the next 6 to 8 weeks
4: yeah, completely agree with you, Adam. So let's hope for a lot of runs and let's hope it comes on the side of Boston. That would be ideal for both of us for tonight's baseball action. And Adam, I do want to switch it up because, well, we are in the middle of the summer and I'm going to be talking some NFL next segment. I've yet to dive into college football, but I know that you have. And uh, you got a big article coming out at VEASAN regarding college football if you want to let everybody know what they can keep an eye out for.
6: Yeah, so I finished my power ratings over the weekend. My ratings for all 131 teams, we had James Madison this year, so they're the 131st team. But I'm going to be putting out an article over at VSIN.com, and it'll go in the college football betting guide. It'll probably come out maybe next week during the All-Star break when I have a little bit of time and I'm not doing the baseball article. But it'll just be a guide on how to do your own power ratings. It's a very, very simple set of power ratings. It's not anything that's overly complex or anything like that. It just gives me a good barometer on the teams, not only going into the season, but also being able to adjust my power ratings throughout the season so that I'm not flying blind, you know, so that I'm not overreacting to one data point or something like that. I think one of the best things that you can do going into a season, be it college football, NBA, NHL, MLB, whatever the case may be. Is to be organized, to do your preseason prep work, to have an idea of what you're looking for. So that's what I do with my power ratings. Actually, right before I came on this call, I was working on my home field advantage calculations as well. So just doing a lot of the nuts and bolts type of stuff that I think you need to do during the offseason in order to set yourself up for the best possible chance at success.
4: Love it. Can't wait to get into that. That'll absolutely help me and anybody out who really, I mean, if you know college football, if you don't, I mean, a guide like that's going to help you out so much and it's just so hard to keep track of. So I am very appreciative of all the work you and so many others do when it comes to putting together those type of articles and just guides to really help you. And Adam, I do got to ask you one more question with it. Maybe not giving too much away, but was there a team that you were looking through going, man, I, I think they're actually going to be a lot better than I previously thought before I really dove into it or vice versa to where you're like, I had high thoughts for this team and now I'm not so sure anymore.
6: Yeah, there are a couple of teams real quick. I just want to mention that, you know, the the function of power ratings is kind of to create your own line on a game. You know, you look at the difference between the two teams, you apply home field advantage, and then you've got your own line to go off of and you can decide if you want to bet it. If maybe you think the market is wrong, if you think your number is wrong and you need to correct it and get closer to the market, That's really the function of power ratings, and I'll talk more about that in the article. But I think there were a couple of teams here, as I kind of take a peek over at my numbers, and I think one of them is BYU. You know, Jaron Hall looks like a complete player at quarterback. Obviously, they've got a pretty good pipeline there going through quarterbacks over the last couple of decades at BYU. But I think the Cougars are really set up nicely for this upcoming season, due in large part to Jaron Hall, who I think is a very, very good potential NFL prospect Another team in that same area is actually Air Force. You know, I did my Air Force power rating, and I think Air Force is the best team in the Mountain West this year. I know a lot of people will just kind of default to Boise State, but I think the Falcons are going to wind up having a really, really strong season this year. And one other one, and I'm I'm kind of biased here, I, I'm a South Carolina fan by marriage because my wife grew up in South Carolina. But <laughs> you look at them, and you look at the upgrade with Spencer Rattler at quarterback, and... That's a team that did not get very good quarterback play throughout the course of the season. In fact, they started a wide receiver and to carry on Joyner at quarterback for the bowl game, he went off, they had a bunch of explosive plays, they wound up winning that game. But now they get Spencer Rattler, they got a couple of four-star, borderline three-star quarterbacks uh, in their class of 2022. They also just got another commit for next year that's a four-star quarterback. So when you see talent like that going to a program, the culture's improved, Shane Beamer is doing a great job. South Carolina is a team that I probably have a couple of points higher than the market right now, just because I really expect Rattler and Beamer to have that
4: strong relationship together. Agreed. Should be good. Well, hey, Adam, we appreciate you making some time, buddy. Uh, we'll get more and more thoughts on college football as we get closer, but we got to save or suffer the rest of the summer, I'm sure. But, hey, looking forward to that article coming out. And best luck with your place tonight, pal. Absolutely. Thanks, Danny. You bet. At Skating Tripods, where you can follow Adam on Twitter. And just like the power ratings for college football and all his assessment on baseball, if you want more coverage and betting insights, make sure you're checking it out with Visa's Best Bets podcast, where you can listen to daily sports betting highlights on a 24-7 stream from all of our experts, show hosts, and guests, giving you top plays and some of the odd moves, line props, all of that good action from sportsbooks, not only in Vegas, but across the entire country. So download the Visa's Best Bets podcast, right now at vson.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts available all right we'll continue the conversation in football however we'll do it in the national football league specifically in the nfc west let's look at those division odds win totals for the rams and the 49ers and i'll share my two cents next as we conclude another edition of rush hour
3: Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.
0: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? This is rush hour on VSN, the
2: sports betting network.
4: The Peace and Summer special is here and for only $19, you get everything VSN has to offer from right now to the end of this month. So if you sign up today, you'll get VEASAN's Daily Best Bets, which includes Adam Burke's top plays in Major League Baseball, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. So remember, if you want that full decent experience, which also features a Daily Best Bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it, the cost is only $19, and you can be a subscriber through July 31st. So make sure you sign up now at vsin.com summer. That's vsin.com slash summer. All righty, final segment here on Rush Hour. Again, I'm Danny Burke, your host. You can always follow along on Twitter at Danny Burke 5 We've talked a little bit of uh, most things, I guess you could say. We've talked plenty of baseball, a little bit of summer league, and some college football. But let's make some time to talk some NFL. We'll continue what we've been doing for the past couple of weeks, which is a preview of specific divisions and then going into those specific teams with the win totals and odds to make the playoffs. In our next division, we're going to take it out to the West Coast, the NFC West, and at the top, so tonight, because we're going to take it by the two shortest odds to begin with, then we'll go with the bottom two teams, but we'll go with the Rams, who are the short shots to win the division, and then you've got after them the 49ers. Trey Lance, can he get the job done, or can the Rams, after winning the Super Bowl, keep that momentum alive? Well, looking into Los Angeles, the Rams last season ended 12-5, Notable transactions, well, you lose Robert Woods. You lost him for the majority of last season anyways. You do bring on Allen Robinson. And really, you're just looking in the backfield and hoping you can get a consistently healthy Cam Akers. And can you avoid the Super Bowl hangover? That's the big thing with this Rams squad. Otherwise, they should be loaded once again, right? There are odds to make the playoffs. The yes at Bet Rivers, minus 278. The no, plus 220. The win total at Bet Rivers, and by the way, always shop around, see if you get Different numbers, different odds, of course, especially with futures and win totals. And you can do the alternate win totals as well. The prices are naturally going to be altered drastically, but still consider it. But the main one at Bet a 10.5, over, under, minus 110 each way. If you're unfamiliar with how my process goes, I like to separate the schedule into winnable games, losable games, and then toss-up games, which, of course, would be the 50-50 boys. But we begin with the winnable games, the games that I think... I don't know, a majority of time. I guess he could say they're going to win these games. will be a favorite there, and I have confidence they will end up getting the outright win. And for the Rams, it begins in week two. You get Atlanta at home. The Falcons are not going to be solid. The Rams should be able to take care of business at home against Atlanta. Chalk that up as a dub. For the next winnable game, though, you've got to wait several weeks. Then week six, you get the Panthers at home. Carolina's not going to be a good team. Week eight, you get the 49ers at home, a team that, yeah, sometimes you struggle with, but it is is week, and realistically, you probably split both games with the 49ers. Same goes against the Cardinals. Maybe you beat them twice, but let's be a little bit objective here and assume they split, so Week 10, that's a winnable game for the Rams versus the Cardinals. Further along, Week 13 versus Seattle. The Seahawks probably not going to be a competitive bunch, Week 14, you get the Raiders. I know the Raiders are a good team, and they themselves are a competitive bunch, but uh, I still give the advantage there to the Rams in that spot. Losable games, week one versus Buffalo. Now, that could be a hell of a game, and you could say, well, it's at home for the Rams. Well, I mean, come on. The Coliseum, or I mean, it's not the Coliseum anymore. You get what I'm saying. It's not really that much of a home field advantage as of this point out there in L.A., and Buffalo could be the best team in the National Football League. You have all summer to prepare for this game, that could be a losable game. And realistically, yeah, you should probably put that in the toss-up category, but there's not that. When you have a top team like the Rams, you're kind of, you know, reaching for teams to put in that losable category. So why not have it be Buffalo? Week 9 at Tampa Bay, revenge game for the Bucks from the postseason potentially, and you're on the road. Okay. Week 12 at Kansas City, tough environment, tough team. Week 15 at Lambeau against the Packers, always going to be tough to go up against Aaron Rodgers. Toss-up games. Week three at Arizona. Yes, he could beat the Cardinals twice, but you probably split. Why not have the one loss maybe be down in Arizona? Week four at San Francisco, same situation. Week five versus Dallas. Now, realistically, the Rams probably win that game, but Dallas still has enough talent to compete, so I'll give that a toss-up. Week 11 at New Orleans against the Saints. I just said, and I've said this before, I have such a question mark over the Saints team, and you know it's always kind of tough going down there. So, yeah, I'll put that as a 50-50 game at New Orleans against the Saints. Week 16, you're playing the Broncos. Should be tough with Russell Wilson and the new team. And by that point, maybe they've developed a rhythm you would hope by week 16 and needing to fight for a playoff spot. But at least you have them coming your way. But still a toss-up game. Week 17 playing the Chargers. I really like the Chargers this year, but that's 50-50. Week 18, you're on the road against Seattle. Will you have that playoff spot solidified? You may not need to try at that point against the Seahawks. That's the only reason that it's a toss-up game. But after looking at all those games, I don't really, I, I mean, I guess I would say just the number's set perfectly. Ten and a half seems like the exact right number for me because I have them 10 and seven or 11 and six, right? Because he got a few questions with this team. Is the Super Bowl hangover going to be a thing? It is a tougher schedule, which you're going to get after becoming champion, and really there's just a lot of toss-up games, and you have so many unknowns throughout your respective division with the Cardinals and their whole situation with Kyler Murray, with Trey Lance and his 49ers team. I mean, the 49ers have a lot of talent, but an unknown commodity in Trey Lance. The Seahawks, you're assuming they're going to be pretty brutal, but aside from that, tough schedule, Super Bowl hangover, what's going to be the deal with the Cardinals and the 49ers? So that's why it brings me to looking at it and going, yeah, I probably wouldn't touch anything with the Rams right here, especially, I mean, because you would think the over would be the correct call, but we have seen teams in this situation struggle in the past. So we'll see what happens with the Rams, but not enough for me to want to put a bet on it. But maybe there's more confidence with doing something with the 49ers. Last year, this team ended 10-7, and seven, and they virtually have the same squad as last season, except looks like it's going to be Trey Lance being their starting quarterback. Their odds to make the playoffs, the yes, minus 230, the no, plus 185. Their win total is 10, overs minus 115 at Bet Rivers, unders minus 106. You can find 10 and a halves if you want to bet the under. You can also find nine and a halves. Uh, The under 10 and a half is minus 165 if you're interested in that regard. Wittable games for the 49ers. Week two, you get the Seahawks at home. Week five, you're on the road against Carolina. Week six, you're on the road against Atlanta. So, yeah, back-to-back on the road, but it's two inferior teams. Week 13 versus the Dolphins, you get them at home, and I'm not high on Tua and the the rest of the company there. Uh, Week 15 at Seattle, you know we're not high in the Seahawks. Week 16 versus Washington, no faith in Carson Wentz. Losable games, week three at Denver against Russell Wilson. Not going to be good for you. Week 7 versus the Chiefs, yeah, you get them at home, but Patrick Mahomes over Trey Lance any day of the week, you know that. Week 8 on the road against the Rams. Week 14 versus the Bucks. Tom Brady should best get in that game. A lot of toss-up games here for San Francisco. Call me biased, call me whatever, a homer, but week one at Chicago, I get it. They're going to be a seven-point favorite, but you've had all summer to prepare, and I still don't have that much faith in Trey Lance right out of the gate. I don't think it would be incredibly surprising for the Bears to at least keep it close in that game. Not saying they're going to win, but I don't have a lot of confidence to put that in the winnable category. So for that reason, it's going to be a 50-50 game, a toss-up for the 49ers. Week four versus the Rams, again, you probably split one. Week 10 versus the Chargers, it bye post-bi-week, and you get them at home, but I am very high on the Chargers, so that's why it's only a toss-up. Week 11 versus Arizona, international game. It's in Mexico, so it's not too far. Uh, Week 12, you get the Saints at home. You probably win that game, but it is post-international. I know it's Mexico, so it's not a big difference, but you get my point there. Still could be a tough spot. Week 17 out of the road against the Raiders. Las Vegas may be desperate to win that game, and you got to go to Sin City. Uh, week 18 versus the Cardinals end of the year. Who knows what's going to be needed at that point, and you probably split with the Cardinals. I project 9-10 to wins with this 49ers team. I'm not so quick to rush to the counter and go, yeah, this is a playoff team. This is a team that is going to replicate what they did last year or maybe even better. I know you're hearing mixed reports of Trey Lance, probably more positive, but again, it's an unknown commodity. What the hell do we know from this kid and what to expect? We've barely seen any action from him. He got a fantastic coach in Shanahan and a great surrounding team. I get that. I understand that, but I still am not ready to bet any type of over or to make the playoffs bets with Trey Lance right now. I'm just not. Now, I'm not saying I think he's going to be a bad quarterback or even guessing that, whatever it may be, but I just need to see the proof. So for me, I would either look at that 10.5 and hope I could get a better price to the under instead of minus 165 and attack the under, or I will just patiently wait. Maybe the 49ers get off to a hot start. Maybe they get in a stretch where they're winning games back-to-back and then you get the adjusted win total, but you realize it's going to be tough coming up, and you know Trey Lance's look shaky. Maybe then you jump in back on the under at a better adjusted price. That would be the way I would attack San Francisco. But I'm definitely going to monitor that number and see if we get a better price. If it's 10.5 and it's something that could be worth it, I would look the under in that direction for the 49ers. So that's what I'm thinking for the top two teams in the NFC West. We'll talk tomorrow about the Seahawks and the Cardinals. As for tonight, we told you we got a couple plays. First five, under five for the White Sox and the Guardians and over seven and a half for Boston and Tampa Bay. Best of luck in detail. And with whatever you're betting tonight, enjoy it. We'll catch up again once again here on Rush Hour. And until then, take care, folks.